Welcome to episode 82 of Your Kids Next Read podcast, in which we talk about books and reading for kids of all ages. I'm Alison Tate, author of middle grade adventure series, The Mapmaker Chronicles, The Ataban Cipher, and my latest, The Maven and Reeve Mystery Series. Usually I would be here with my co-host, the delightful Megan Daly, celebrity teacher librarian at Children's Books Daily, and author of Raising Readers, How to Nurture a Child's Love of Books. Megan and I, along with our good friend, author Alison Rushby, are founders of the Your Kids Next Read community on Facebook. Search for Your Kids Next Read there to join us. But this week, I'm again serving up something different. In case you're just catching up, our summer snacks are bite-sized episodes to offer you a feast of authorly goodness over the summer break. Each week, I'm joined by a different Australian author to chat about their latest book, what's coming up for them in 2023, their tips for getting kids reading and writing, as well as a couple of curly summer-based questions. This week, I've got Sue Whiting on the menu. Sue Whiting is an award-winning children's and YA author and editor who has worked in publishing for more than 20 years. Sue was Senior Commissioning Editor and Publishing Manager for Walker Books Australia for many years before leaving in 2016 to concentrate on her writing. She is the author of numerous books, including the best-selling Missing, the acclaimed The Book of Chance, and a number of CBCA notable books. In this summer snack, we talk about her latest novel, what she's working on now, and what's coming up. Welcome to the Your Kids Next Read podcast, Sue Whiting. It is an absolute pleasure to have you with us today. Hello, Alison. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you. Now, you and I are not strangers to speaking to each other. And in fact, we have a little course that's available out there for anyone who is a children's Mm -hmm. author or would like to be. It's all about the seven secrets of success and you'll find it at alisontate.com. It's a bit like sitting down and having a coffee with Sue and I while we talk about, (laughs) we talk about, you know, how to get things done as a children's author. Um, But today we're going to talk about some of the fruits of that getting things done. We're going to talk about Sue. Um, So let's start with your latest book, Sue. What um, what can you tell us about your latest book? Okay, well, my latest book is called Tilda, and it is a historic novel for readers 10 plus. It's set in Adelaide in 1901, and it is the story of Matilda Moss, affectionately known as Tilda to the people who love her and know her best. And she is an inmate in an orphanage in Adelaide, though she is not an orphan. Mm, there's a twist in the tale there and it's a story about hope and determination and resilience and friendship and it's really a story that's very close to my heart this one well that's well that was what I was going to ask you about because I know the inspiration for this story was very close to your heart so do you want to tell us a little bit about how you came to write Tilda yes so this um, story was inspired by my grandmother's story but the irony is that I I know very little about my grandmother's story. And so, yeah, so there's another twist in the tale there. Um, She died when I was just a tiny baby, so I never got to meet her. And I didn't know, I knew very little about her. And despite about 10 years ago, I'm trying to do a lot of family research to find, family history research to find out more about her. I still found out very little about her. I found out a lot about other relatives but not about her and all I could find out was that uh, she was born in New Zealand and that she moved with her family when she was a very tiny baby to Adelaide and so she came here with her mother and her father and uh, her half-brothers and half-sister 
And when, I don't know why they came to Adelaide, but they came to Adelaide and um, her mother had a baby boy called Claude. And when Claude was three months old and my grandmother was two years old, uh, their mother died very suddenly. Oh. And from that, yes, that tragic moment um, when she was two until she married my grandfather when she was 18, I know very little about what happened to her. I know what happened to the rest of the family, her brothers and, and sister and her father, but not her. So her father went off to the Boer War and um, didn't return, not because he perished, but because he went off to England to start a new life oh. and a new family. Um, which is a story in itself. And, Goodness. Um, and, but my grandmother, the only thing I know about her, I know what happened to her siblings, where they all went, but all I know about um, my grandmother is that for some years she was um, at Abbotsford Convent and Orphanage in Melbourne. Wow. And so that's all I could find out. I don't know how long. I know she stayed there for about three years, definitely, whether she stayed was in other institutions. I don't know. I don't. I have some theories, but I don't really know. And so that was frustrating, of course, um, but it was also made me wonder. And that's how stories always start for me. You start to wonder what would it be like? And for me, it was like, what would it be like to be my grandmother, to be that young girl and to know of her father and know that, you know, he never came back for her. What would that be like? And what would it be like to be in an orphanage when you know you're not really an orphan? And so it still is not the story of my grandmother because I don't know it. Uh, but that's where it came from. How interesting. But also what a tragedy, like in the sense of you taking such a heartbreaking moment. Um, and how do you take such a heartbreaking moment and then write a tale of, you know, courage, resilience? And like, how do you extrapolate from that into a into a story that will, you know, engage middle grade readers? Well, it was it was difficult at first. You know, I had to make some very big decisions. Uh, and it wasn't with the story of my grandmother. So the more you do research into the area and into the time I was really lucky I got to go to I decided to set it in Adelaide because that's where for me the story started because that's where they you know settled and where my great-grandmother died and um, spending time in Adelaide I got a, a May Gibbs creative um, time fellowship and I had a month there pre-COVID yep. very lucky very and um, and spending the time there and learning about the times and what it would have been like for other um, kids in institutions and visiting some that's where the ideas come from and it, it, it's interesting this does deviate quite a bit from what actually happened to my grandmother uh, what I know what that happened to her and so in some ways I was uh, I was writing some wrongs and uh, and changing the story a little bit to just to really just honor I suppose my grandmother and my great-grandmother and their suffering and that's one of the joyous things about writing. It's one of the things that I always say when I go and do author talks that one of the best things about writing is that you control the world. Like you get you to make the changes that you want to make. You get to have things turn out the way that you want them to. Um, and it is such a such a joy to be able to do that, isn't it? It is a joy. And I didn't intend to do that. And sometimes I didn't even realise I had done that. There's just these little tiny bits and pieces throughout the story. I went, ah, oh, mm. actually I'm fixing this part of my grandmother's story or I'm changing this part of my grandmother's story. And I did it, you know, not you know, subconsciously. Yeah. And it wasn't until I sort of finished the book and I went, ah, oh, that's where that came from. I didn't realise I'd done that. But it was nice when I realised it. 
the subconscious is a wonderful thing. <laughs> I, I, it's what would we do without I, it? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I just love the way it works. All right, so let's move on and tell us about, you know, what you've got coming up in 2023. Well, 2023, I have two new books coming out. So in March, I have the second book in the Pearly and Pig series. So the first book, which came out March this year, was Pearly and Pig and the Great Hairy Beast, set in Antarctica. And in March, I'll have Pearly and Pig and the Lost City of Musavan, which is mm. set in the Asian jungles. And there's elephants and monkeys and all sorts of fun things happening there. So I'm very much looking forward to sharing another Pearly story. That's um, they're great fun. And I also have a picture book coming out probably, I think, about June or July, and it is called The Wheelbarrow Express, and it is illustrated by Kate James, who's the same illustrator who illustrated uh, my picture book, The Echidna Near My Place. Oh, right, great. Brilliant job. It's just, oh, I get shivers when I think about it. So cute. And this story celebrates the relationship between a grandfather and a grandson. It's set on a farm, so there's, you know, pigs and and hens and uh, goats and all sorts of farm yard fun and it's really about saying goodbye you know when you have to leave it and go back home and, and how it's sort of bittersweet for both the grandfather um, and the grandson. They sound beautiful. Um, so Pearly and Pig is a junior fiction series is that correct? Yes. Eight Fantastic. Plus. Fantastic. All right. So now we're going to move into the summer snack section of our summer snack, our bite-sized episode of fun. Um, Let me go through the questions with you. So first of all, what is your favourite thing about an Aussie summer? Well, I'm a summer girl. I love summer. It's my favourite season. I live close to the beach, so I do love, you know, swimming and walking along the beach and just enjoying um, being the outdoors, basically. I also like to kayak and not in the sea, in the rivers. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not a sea kayaker. That's beyond my um, my courage level. And um, I love I love eating outdoors. I love balmy weather. You know, I don't like it when it's stinking hot. Uh, living by the sea, you have some advantages because you often have a sea breeze to keep things, you know, quite bearable. Mm. So summer's my my season of choice, actually. Fantastic. All right. So, do you have a tip for inspiring kids to read this summer? Well, you know, summer's the perfect time for for reading, I think. And I think for those, for kids who enjoy reading and those who would like to enjoy reading more, I think my tip is to, first of all, take ownership, kids. It's it's time for you to, you know, to be in control of your own destiny. All (laughs) year you get told what books to read and, you know, have to read this for this and read this for that. Uh, This is a time where you get to go maybe to the library or your bookshelf at home or the bookstore and to select the books that you really love to read and pile them up and just spend some time resist that that urge to turn on the remote control and watch something and just immerse yourself in some amazing imaginative adventure and it'll you'll love it and especially if you're choosing books that are the books that you enjoy whether it be a mystery or whether it be a graphic novel or a fantasy it doesn't really matter whatever you enjoy just dip into that that world and just let it take your way it's the perfect time to do it all right what about writing do you have a tip for inspiring kids to write this summer yeah i do like when i go um away on holidays i often write a, take a journal and write a travel journal and 
and it's a, a really fabulous record of that time. So I'll have journals from years back that I might, you know, come across and I read it and it just brings back such wonderful memories of that time, things that sometimes I'd forgotten about. And so I think it's a really nice project for those kids who like to write is to get a brand new notebook, start it from the first day of the school holidays or first day of summer and record, you know, try to write every day because that's always a good way to improve your writing. But just write whatever um, is happening in your life, maybe collect things and stick them uh, into your journal. If you go to the movies, you know, get a little brochure, put that in there. You could do some reviews of things that you watch and things that you read. You might do poems. Whatever is interests you over that summer, make a record of it. And then it becomes, it's, it's almost like a time capsule for that particular summer. So it'll be the time capsule of 22, 23 of you as, you know, a 10-year-old. And maybe when you're 12, you might go back and read it and think, wow, wasn't I silly when I was 10? <laughs> or wasn't I clever? Or I forgot about that? Or wasn't I mean to my sister that day? All mm. those things. I think just, you know, capturing those moments. In whatever way you like, again, this is, you know, you taking ownership of it. I think ownership is a really important part of reading and writing and making it what you want it to be. But I think that's a great project to have a, a summer journal. Fantastic. All right, Sue Whiting, if you were a summer snack, what would you be? <laughs> oh, this question. Um, I've never thought of myself as a summer snack, I have to say. Uh <laughs> My favourite summer snack is a lemon sorbet, but when oh. I thought about that, I thought I don't really want to be known as a lemon sorbet. As a lemon sorbet. Icy and a bit sour. <laughs> um, so I that, I scratched that one. So I think I I feel like I'm a bit I'm a bit of a softy underneath everything. So I, I kind of melt easily. You know, I'm the type that will I cry at wedding ads for weddings, <laughs> that kind of thing. So uh, I think maybe I'm a, a soft serve ice cream um, out in the hot in, in a cone. dripping. Dripping down the cone. <laughs> Melting very That's quickly. just what you want, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> right down right. the arm and into the sleeve, that one. <laughs> oh, that one. Great. Okay, right, right down to the elbow. All right. Um, so for our final question for today, Sue, where, uh, what would you recommend as a summer read for kids? Well, for me, when I'm choosing my summer reads, and I do love to have a couple of summer reads ready. I haven't got them ready yet, so I'll have to get, get cracking. I like to choose books that don't, um, that I don't have to think too much about. Now, what I mean by that is I want books that I just get absorbed in the story and just get taken along with the story that I don't have to really think hard about what it's all about if it's a little bit um, more complex or dense. And so I tend to go for crime novels that are mm. my favourite detective stories and crime novels, uh, particularly Australian crime novels or Irish ones or English ones or anyway, um, I do like a good crime novel. So I was thinking for kids, you know, again, it's choosing the story that you think that you'll be really absorbed in and just taken um, away on. But if we're looking for crime fiction for kids, which there isn't that much, but Tristan Banks did uh, publish this year a book called Cop and Robber. Mm. And I think if I was about 12, that it would fulfill that for me because it is, you know, it's a, it's a page turner. Uh, it's you know got lots of things to think about within it there's lots of moral dilemmas that happen to this this poor kid uh, but it's one that I think you can just really just go with and be you know totally immersed in that story and just enjoy fantastic fantastic well thank you so much for spending some time with us today Sue for our bite-sized episode our summer snack um, and we are looking forward to your new releases in 2023 and I hope that um, everybody will read Tilda and think about your grandmother.
<laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been great to have a chat. I love talking to Sue, as you could probably hear, and I hope you enjoyed our chat. You'll find the course we mentioned and, of course, all of the books discussed and recommended in our Summer Snacks show, show notes at yourkidsnextread.com. I'll be back next week with another snack for you, and Megan and I will return with our full program of Quality Waffle, Book Mail, and other events in Episode 87. In the meantime, you'll find me at alisontate.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Writer. And you can catch up with Megan's summer shenanigans at Children's Books Daily and at, at Children's Books Daily on all the platforms. Thank you so much for listening.